If we live in the Spirit, let us also walk in the Spirit. That's what we're going to talk about tonight. And the question I've been asking myself, and I think each of us can ask tonight, is, am I living in the Spirit? Uh, The sermon tonight is going to be a a little bit of a testimony, I think, because I've been asking myself this. And so we can each do that. And we always do the, you know, rate, rate yourself one to ten. One being, I'm living in the Spirit very poorly. Ten being, I'm living in the Spirit excellently. So that's what we'll do tonight. We'll kind of give ourselves a rating of, am I living in the Spirit? Am I walking in the Spirit? So let's first of all talk about walking in the Spirit. What is that? And um, I think in the, in the days of Bible times, walking was probably a little different. Today, walking is kind of a leisure thing, it, you know, trying to get out there and take a walk, which probably holds true in terms of that's, you know, God wants to walk with us in leisure time. But I think in, in these days, people were walking to get to work or walking to get here. It was, almost, it was more, I think, more like everywhere you go, everything you do, you're walking with the Lord, closely with him. Um, what I think is a, probably hard in our culture, which this is something I've been kind of fighting against a little bit, I feel like we do the opposite of walking most of the time. And to illustrate that, I think about when I was um, in high school, wanting to be fast. And I, I wasn't. I was slow. I wanted to be fast so I would work hard. And the way to work hard, I went to a, um, they called it acceleration. So what they would do is they would get you a treadmill right here and you'd have a trainer. And you'd, they'd start the treadmill and it would be going faster than you can run. And you put your hands on and you kind of like feel how fast it's going just to get used to it, and then you jump on, and you just run as fast as you can and hope that you don't fall off. And the idea is they're trying to get your legs to move faster than they ever have, to say, hey, your legs can move faster than they, than, than they ever have, and they're training you to do that. I feel like that's what we are typically doing just in our, in our, in our daily life. And there are verses about, you know, run the race that is set before you, um, which I think, I think most of us here get that and do that well, if I can speak for, for all of you. I, I think in our culture generally, and can be uh, applicable to each of us, is this idea of walking. It's, you know, can be kind of slow, takes a little while, there's you know, points of relationship and talking and um, so I'd like to kind of start out with that picture of walking as sort of a a, a definition of um, what we need, what we want to do in the Lord. And walking in the Lord is not simply a set of rules. It's it's not that easy. I think sometimes we can say, okay, just tell me what to do. That's the way I am. It's like, just tell me what to do. 
and I'll do it as well as I can. Um, But walking with the Lord and walking in the Spirit is not simply that. There clearly are yeses and nos and do's and don'ts, and they're pretty clear. Um, But it's not simply that. Um, Part of what I think that, um, that this walking implies is a a seeing or a looking um, that if we kind of take the time, slow down, and are looking and seeing, um, God will open up to us spiritual realities that that we weren't paying attention to. Um, And some verses that I love, and it's it's Elisha, who if I I could be a prophet, I would want to be him. Because it seems like in his life, I don't think any, any of the difficulties are really highlighted. It's kind of like going from amazing thing to amazing thing. Um, so he would be the, the person in the Old Testament I would probably want to be. But I like this verse that relates to looking and seeing when the Syrians are coming and Elisha sees the, the helpers of the Lord right there, and his servant doesn't, and it's kind of like opening, you know, the help is there, but we're not seeing it. So it's 2 Kings 6, 16 through 17, and he answered, fear not, for they that be with us are more than they that be with them. And Elisha prayed and said, Lord, I pray thee, open his eyes, his servant, that he may see, and the Lord opened the eyes of the young man, and he saw, and behold, the mountain was full of horses and chariots of fire round about Elisha. <clears throat> so there's this, there's this aspect in our lives that we, there, there are things to see, there are spiritual things to see that, it, that God will show to us, I think, if we're, if we're asking him and desiring them. Um, another element of, of this walk that I, I've thought a little bit about is just the idea of God has a spiritual reality and then he uses the physical to illustrate it. And there are a few things that I, I think are kind of amazing. If you, if you think in these terms, I think we often think of, you know, here's the physical world and we're living in the physical world, and the spiritual is kind of uh, hard to attain sometimes. But I think that God has, his world is the spiritual world first, and he created a physical world, and he wants us to see him in that. It's almost like he has, if you just think in terms of design, he has designed things in a way to see him in it. Um, and if you think about things like birth, um, Jesus used birth as, a, as an illustration, a physical, a physical thing that happens, but it's actually the spirit, what we should see in it is the spiritual thing. So John 3, 3, Jesus answered and said unto him, Verily, verily, I say unto thee, except a man be born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. We think of language is another interesting one that we kind of take it for granted as a physical thing. And we think in John 1, in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. 
We think of light is another one I was thinking of. And I, I think as spiritual people, we want to be seeing these. And there are some that are laid out for us in the Bible. Um, but I think we want to be um, taking the time and seeing these things and seeing, oh, there's a, there's a spiritual truth to that thing. Um, if you think of light, in him was life, and the life was the light of men, and the light shineth in darkness, and the darkness comprehended it not. Food, Jesus said, I am the bread of life. Um, and then eating, which the, these passages have been hard, but except ye eat the flesh of the Son of Man and drink his blood, ye have no life in you. That passage has always been, it's kind of hard to think. If you're thinking of it just in physical terms, it's like, whoa, and people went away after that. But if you think of the spiritual as being primary, and it's, that, that's the true reality, um, but it's just hard to see. Um, but our, as, as Christians, we want to have God help us, you know, open our eyes to see the, the, what is the spiritual thing behind it. And um, God, God does have an order. And I, I'll wrap up in the first point, the walk in the spirit kind of a definition. This definition has helped me uh, a lot. So I think I'll just say it, and you probably all have heard it a little bit. But if you think of ourselves in terms of body, soul, and spirit, there's an order there. We think the body, the physical, should be at the bottom. And then there's the soul, you know, our mind, will, and emotions. That's kind of the second tier. And then spirit is at the top. And um, I, people out there are, um, and we can too, they're, you know, living for the flesh, obviously living for the body, but there are also people unsaved with good intentions who are, you know, living in the mind and the will. It's like, I'm going to, I'm going to do this good thing because, you know, I, I know I should, or just living in the mind where it's like, you think you can think up the truth or think up, you know, if I listen to enough podcasts, my mind will just grant me this enlightenment. Um, and emotions, you know, a lot, a lot of culture is just simply following emotions. It's, I'm feeling this way, I'm going to follow that emotion. And probably the worst advice is, you know, follow your heart. It's like, okay, the, the Bible talks about the heart being deceitful and wicked above all things. So those, your heart is not to be followed. Um, but if, there, if there's nothing above that, which for a lot of people, that's it. They, they're living there. But in that illustration of being <laughs> born again, we know that when we're born, when our spirit is reborn and we become alive to God, that's like the real, the real life. That's the place we want to be living in, uh, not living in the realm of, <laughs> you know, just I'm hungry, you know, I'm tired, so I'm grumpy, I'm hungry, so I'm grumpy, you know, or, or simply um, tr trying to let your mind, will, and emotions 
uh, be in control. And as I think about this, it's like you're, we're, we're in our soul, we're searching for truth. We're searching for what is right, you know. Um, and really what we're searching, what people are searching for is for God, even though they, they, they wouldn't want to say that. Um, so I say all that just to kind of put, put things in their place. I think in our lives, we want to be walking with the Lord, um, and we want to have our eyes open to spiritual things. And a lot of times, you know, when, especially when something kind of foolish happens with the kids, this or that, a lot of times I'll just kind of close my eyes. And maybe we should do that more, where it's like, close your eyes, look to God, and see what he has in it. Um, a lot of times we're just, you know, trying to use our eyes to figure stuff out. And the spiritual seeing is not, is not with your eyes. It's, it's, it's usually the opposite. Your heart will deceive you. Your eyes will deceive you. So that's why we want to be in that place of, of the Spirit. So those are kind of the, the walk in the Spirit, some, some definitions. Secondly, I'd like to go to uh, the difficulties that we have in our walk. And, and there are many, and they're unique to each of us. Um, one verse that stands out is 1 Peter 5, 8. Be sober, be vigilant, because your adversary the devil, as a roaring lion, walketh about, <coughs> seeking whom he may devour. And we know this is true, uh, that the devil is after us. Especially when we're professing Jesus and saying, hey, I'm a Christian, and then the, the doubt, it's like a, a, a target on you um, for the devil. And I, the, an illustration that I love is from uh, Planet Earth. If you've seen that, there's one scene where it would be up in, I don't know, northern Canada or something, and there's this pack of caribou running on their migration, and it's not, uh, <clears throat> it's not a lion chasing them, but I think it was wolves. And you've got this big pack moving along, and then you see because it's aerial, you kind of see the wolves coming up, and they start, they're trying to find the weak one who kind of veers off a little bit. So they, they pick the, the youthful caribou, and that's their target. So they start chasing that, and it's just an epic uh, chasing, and you're cheering for the caribou, even though you know the wolf has to eat too, but... You're cheering for the caribou to get away. And I think in the end it does. It, um, the, the wolf is fast, um, but the caribou can run longer. So it's like they're perfectly, it's like this even battle. You don't know who's going to win. <laughs> but, and and it, it's a picture of how the, the devil is looking just to pick us off and to, um, you know, get us in a weakness. Uh, and, and he has no, you know, he's just a disregard for anything good, obviously. Um, and I, just to share, and this is a little bit testimony, because 
These are different for each of us, but some of the things that I think of as, or have thought of as difficulties in my walk, uh, one would be kind of what I call the daily grind. You know, there's chores, it's just unceasing work, which is a result of the fall, but it's just like all day long you wake up, it feels like that treadmill where you wake up in the morning and you get on and you're just running as fast as you can and then at the end of the day you're kind of thrown off and it feels like life is a little bit like that. Um, I think of the, and I don't know if I'll be able to replicate it, but uh, kids have a way of making noises, you know, like you're going to sleep and you hear, ah! something like this, or it's like, why? Why is this happening? And then, it, in the grand scheme, that is not like a, I, I understand people go through far worse things, but it's like each of us are living in a daily grind, if you will, of things that are like trying to get us to off of a spiritual path and just angry and grumpy and so that's one of them for me. <coughs> one of them this, uh, this past weekend is a good family story. We were leaving the hotel from the wedding on, that happened on Friday, we were leaving on Saturday morning, loaded up the cart from the hotel, and I, I, I'm, I, I'm getting a little proud in our ability to travel with the kids because it's a lot of stuff and organizing it and keeping them clothed. and It's just a lot of, we're, but we're getting good at it, so I am getting proud, proud of us. But there was, so everything was stacked nicely on the cart, but there was one item that I didn't realize was not stacked nicely. It was a bag that had popcorn in it. So we're, we're trying to wiggle our way out the hotel door, which for some reason, it had like a closer on it that felt like the door weighed 500 pounds and it's just like closing on you. So I wiggle it out and as I'm going around the corner, I kind of hit the edge. The bag fell off and this popcorn, cheese and caramel popcorn spills all over the floor. And I think we used to, th we used to think here at church and everybody, and myself included, used to think that I was a very uh, relaxed and chill person. And Sarah has said this before, what, you're, you're in many cir circumstances I'm not. I, I'm kind of fastidious, orderly, but I had never been tested, so I never knew, I never knew that I wasn't relaxed until <laughs> getting married and especially having kids. So those are kind of the things that uh, for us and in our life, it's kind of the daily things like that where it's like, this makes no sense. Why, why did this just happen? Um, and I think we each have those daily things that the devil wants to kind of push us, push us off that spiritual walk with God. <laughs> Another one in my life that's probably a little more grandiose is just uh, I, 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 get, I get all of these ideas and it's this desire to 
please God and, you know, this desire to do something great in life. And um, they, they don't, at least, I mean, normal great things have happened. I mean, salvation and, uh, but, but great, great in the sense of no one's ever done this. None of my ideas have, you know, come to pass. And it's ideas of, um, the one idea that I've had that this isn't necessarily spiritual, but it might illustrate just the sheer number of big ideas that pop into my head. One of them was, um, uh, it was always difficult moving furniture. So I thought, wouldn't it be great to have like these little wheel things that you stick under the leg? So you'd have one under each leg, and then you can push the table or the bed over and vacuum and clean and then bring it back. And so this is, this is one of many ideas I've had. And then I find that somebody else did it. I saw it on like an infomercial or something. I thought, <laughs> that was my idea. And so this, so I, I'm kind of living in that this, the everyday, but yet, and I, I think in a sense we all have this longing to, to do something great for God and kind of fulfill whatever it is that he wants us to do. And yet, they're not always, you know, revealed. The things he wants us to do are not always revealed right in that moment. Sometimes, and I mean all the time, it's a, well, <laughs> what am I going to do to be faithful today kind of thing. So, um, the, those are... <laughs> Those are personally some of the things that, that I've thought about in my life that um, are, you know, things that kind of get me in an, a state other than, than being spiritual and looking to God. And I think I just wanted to take um, just a minute here in the middle of the sermon for people to stop and think of, what are those things in your life? And I know there are people that are going through far harder things than I am. I, I think of hearing stories, especially when I hear stories of um, kids that are going through some surgery or cancer, and it's just like, it's, I, I close my ears. I can't, I can't even, I can't take that. I can't hear about it. But I know God does give whoever's going through that the strength, but... I just want to take just a minute for each of us to stop and think, what are those things for you? What are those things that, um, that the devil would use to kind of snatch you off of, off of the path? So let's just take, take a minute. And while we're doing that, I'll just read a few verses that are, um, uh, speak to this. For we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of the darkness of this world, against spiritual wickedness in high places. In another place, 
<clears throat> for the flesh lusteth against the spirit, and the spirit against the flesh, and these are contrary the one to the other, so that ye cannot do the things that ye would. All right, let's come back together. Um, You know, and I think the main point of some of this is that we should be expecting difficulty. It's just the nature of life. Um, I think Sarah and I have been learning this over, well, the the past years of being married, but we, we often, you know, we have some situation happen And we think, oh, we must have made the wrong decision before that happened because why did this bad thing happen? And only in the last year or two we've been realizing, okay, difficult things are going to happen. Uh, And it doesn't necessarily mean, sometimes it does, that the way of transgressors is hard. Sometimes you're getting bad things because you're sinning. but for, for Christians who are walking with the Lord, you still can get that. But what we're realizing is that there are trials in life that are happening, you know, for refining or for some glorious purpose that God has. And we, <coughs> we might not necessarily know exactly what that is. And instead of saying, oh, we must have made some bad decision back here for this to happen, it's, it's much better to kind of look and say, all right, you know, what is God doing in this? And one thing that's been helpful for me is to think about the difference between a, a temptation and a test. And if you think about a temptation, you know, God, uh, God uh, does not tempt man, neither tempteth he any man. However, that verse goes, God does not, cannot be tempted with evil, neither tempteth he any man. So there's this idea that God is not tempting us. God might test us, and in it, you take a test at school, and the teacher is hoping you get every question right, uh, and it's a test. And we, we go through tests and trials in that fashion, but God is hoping and wanting us to succeed and he's indeed there helping us to succeed. Uh, it's the devil who is, you know, wanting to tempt us and wanting us to fall. So the idea that, you know, hard things, difficult things are going to happen in our life, uh, you know, every day, every week, every year, it's just a fact. And that, that is um, part of the walk. It's the devil is trying to just kind of push us off that spiritual path. <laughs> but, but God is there to, um, to aid us. And with, with that, I'd like to kind of go to the third, the third idea here, which I, I'm calling the delights in the walk. 
God, God, God is there with us on our walk and in our difficulty. And again, these, the items I'm going to kind of go through, it's somewhat of a personal testimony of me, of the things that God um, has given me. And other people might uh, have other things that they might prioritize or think of first, but I'll think of some that, um, or, or mention some that, that God has brought to my mind. Um, one of them is to think of myself as a child. Um, I was talking with, uh, with Tabitha's mom at, the, at, the, at lunch or breakfast or something, and I thought it was just me, but I, I think other people might think this also. I, I've never thought of myself as an adult. Like, I, I've thought of myself as a child. Like, I'm, when I, wa- when I was a ch- I mean, I am adult and have to say that I'm an adult, you know, just because of I have kids and that kind of thing. But when I was a child, I used to think that adults knew everything and they, there was this order, you know, and you think of, you know, the police are there for order and they've got it under control and people at work, they've got the work thing under control. They know what they're doing. And um, as, I, as I've grown up, I realize that pretty much nobody has things under control. It's like uh, kind of chaotic in a, in a way of with every, every area of life. But I don't need to think of myself as the adult who is, you know, putting order into everything. I'm actually the, a child. And we, <laughs> in the Lord, we are all children. I mean, that's a, in a sense, that's a good place to be. Um, in Luke 18, 15 through 17, and they brought unto him also infants that he would touch them. But when his disciples saw it, they rebuked them. But Jesus called them unto him and said, Suffer, suffer or allow little children to come unto me, and forbid them not, for of such is the kingdom of God. Verily I say unto you, Whosoever shall not receive the kingdom of God as a little child shall in no wise enter therein. And if you think of children, they, they are dependent. Uh, I think of my kids, they're, they're getting very smart, but they, they would not last too long without their parents, <laughs> you know, going grocery shopping and everything. In a sense, that, that's where God wants us to be. He wants us to say, you know what, I'm a child. I don't have this figured out. I need your help. I'm completely dependent on you, God. <clears throat> so that to me has been a help. Just to, it takes a burden off of me that I don't need to be, I don't need to be the adult in the room. I don't need to know everything. Um, and another, another aspect that I've seen is just relationships. God, you know, if you think even in spiritual terms, it's, God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit, they had, before any of us, they they had a relationship. And it's almost like God gives us relationships, again, as a a physical example of spiritual truths. You know, we have 
um, mother, father, we have um, parents and kids, we have um, all, all of these different relationships, and God essentially gives us each other to help along the way. Um, and one obviously notable for me is just the husband-wife. That's my relationship with Sarah, where we <clears throat> are, you know, sticking together. We're a team. We're working together. We have just friendship, um, and we have someone to blame for things going wrong. Is one that I appreciate. <laughs> I never do anything wrong. I always have someone close by to blame. And in, in that popcorn incident that happened, I, I thought, because I, I didn't, I wasn't like, I, I may have, I may have like clenched my teeth or roll, probably rolled my eyes is what I normally do. But I thought about it and I, th- and I, I, I went to Sarah a few minutes later and, and said, um, you know, that wasn't your fault which implies that I initially was thinking it was exactly her fault. And that, that's, in that, it, and it's with any relationship, especially uh, heightened ones where you're close, there's, there's especially this uh, opportunity to, for peril, you know? In our relationship, I can blame Sarah for everything. Clearly, that's not, not spiritual. <clears throat> but God, so it, it's kind of a uh, two-way thing where God gives us each other, but yet we can use and abuse each other to, in this case, to say, hey, that was your fault, not mine. You know, we can always, we can always elevate ourselves and blame, blame the other person. Um, so the husband-wife is one, I think, of children, in, in our life, um, you know, if the kids do something impressive, then we'll say, oh, that, they get that from me, you know? Clearly, he can do that because that's something, you know, I can do. But on the flip side, you know, if kids are doing something maybe a little irritating or it's like, oh, well, he gets that from you or she gets that from you. But I, I've found, though, with, ki- with kids that um, and with any relationship, I think if, if you look at it in a, in, a, in a spiritual way, I found like especially the, 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 neg- the negative traits of kids, if they're, I don't know, short-tempered or whatever it is, there's an opportunity for me to uh, look at my own life and say, you know, I think actually they did get that from me. And there's an opportunity to draw close to them uh, in, in the fault, you know, in, in uh, a trait that is similar to me and, you know, not a good trait. <clears throat> so in that way, I think we can use or, or have in, in seeing relationships one way or the other where it's a gift. They are a gift from God, but we can, we can use them as a gift if we kind of relate in humility and love, or, or it can be a peril. And th- those are two that are obviously close to me. And uh, another one that we obviously all share is 
just our family here at church where, um, and I think sometimes those relationships are not as close. Sometimes they are, and, and it's kind of my hope that more and more will, within our body, will, you know, share more vulnerabilities and um, just difficulties to share those burdens with each other. Um, but that is something that we all, those are relationships we all have. And, but I would just uh, encourage people to, to, to use the, the relationships God has given us to encourage us. I mean, they really are. They're, they're meant, we're meant to point each other to God. And, you know, if I'm off doing this thing that's clearly not God's will, I would hope that people would say, hey, did you, uh, you know, you might want to rethink that thing. And so we do have each other. And we, we have the relationships of each other, and obviously, and, and kind of to, to close, or getting to closing, we have that relationship with God, which the, the human relationships, I think, are pointing to that relationship with God, and um, that's something that nobody can, you know, take away. It's it's ours personally. Our walk with God is a, just a very personal walk, and I would encourage people. Um, and and I, I don't want it to be. Uh, um, I guess a lot of sermons is kind of like, well, you need to pray more and read your Bible more. But I like to just look at it not in that way. It's like you think of um, talking with God, like we can talk with God all the time and think of it as an opportunity that is available for us in terms of talking with God in prayer. <laughs> and then reading the Bible, if you, think, if you think about a spiritual person like Solomon, looking at creation and looking to see God in it, and we should do that too, but it is much easier to read his word and to be uh, excited in his word. Um, and I think that, I, I hope that we can do that, that I can do that, that each of us can do that more, where God's word is, is elevated. You know, that time with God is elevated. That's a special time for all the things we have to do in our life, for kind of the treadmill of life, that we can hop off of that for a little while and take that time to just w- walk with God and, you know, <clears throat> put away. It's, it's very difficult to remove the thoughts that are just like streaming in when you're trying to spend some quiet time with God, but um, that's, what we, that's what we need to do, and, I, and I, I know that each of us wants to do that. Um, so if we live in the Spirit, let us also walk in the Spirit. And the, to close, the, the ranking one to 10 is a little bit of a trick question because if I say, how am I doing in my walk with God and it's all about me, you know that it's going to be a zero. It, your, your walk with God will be a zero. But if in our walk with God, 
we decrease and we let God increase, then, you know, it should be a 10 if, if we're kind of setting ourselves aside. And I think so often it's just hard to do that. We, we're, we're selfish, and, but, but in our walk with God, you know, we want, we want, we want God to be the focus. And it's a little bit of a relief talking about being a child. It's a little bit of relief not for me, um, not having to do everything. It's really kind of just um, entrusting more to God and and having him help me. (laughs) So I think with that, we'll wrap it up. And as we go into communion, I'm going to just read through the fruits of the Spirit. And those are a good indicator of of our walk with God. So if you want to turn there in Galatians 5, 22 and 23, and then we'll just kind of roll right into our communion time.